That ain't true, as Mike Gundy once said. Parker Thune is still at the uh, Brent Venables press conference. We'll hear from the Sooner head coach here in just a second, wrapping it up over there at the uh, football offices as Oklahoma gets ready for Iowa State coming up Saturday morning, 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. T.J. Perry joining me, ladies and gentlemen, and Parker will be here, uh, I would imagine, for the third segment like he always is, coming over from the press conference. Our pregame show for Oklahoma and Iowa State begins at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Sooners and uh, Iowa State will be on Fox Sports 1, Oklahoma at 4-3, and three, Iowa State at 3-4, and four, won all three of their non-conference games. Games, and they have lost all four Big 12 Conference games by a total of 14 points. TJ, I, I heard at the end of the uh, the Plank Show that the world's dirtiest man <laughs> passed away. Is that right? <laughs> he has passed away. 60 years without a shower. Who is the ref's dirtiest man? Well, who, who, who do you think the front runners a, are? I didn't know there was a record for that. I may go for it now. I'm in my late 40s. I could probably get there by the time I'm 80 or I, 90. Yeah, I'm in my late 50s. I don't know <laughs> if I could beat that record. But I, I can tell you this. There are certain days where you are so lazy, you're like, man, I don't know if I want to shower today. Right. Now, Normally, I'm in there every single day. I'm a one shower, sometimes a double shower kind of guy. But sure. there are a few days where you're like, man, I don't know. Can I pull this off? Or is there going to be too much senior stench <laughs> on me if I don't shower? <laughs> I, I can't imagine going two days, much less 60 years. And you know, Parker Thune's got to be the dirtiest one in the station. You He's think disgusting. So? Yeah, yeah, that guy's pretty bad. dirty. That guy's dirty. I don't know. Who would be second on that <laughs> list? The top, Vegas would have the top three. I don't know. Uh, well. I, think they're all, I think we're all fairly clean around here. We don't see Toby that often. So T-Roll probably, might be like number be, two on the list. He's yeah. laying around on his couch and out on his bad boy mower, just getting stinky all the time, not showering. I, so I'm we'll sure that. for his public appearances, you know, last night at Rudy's and for game day, he's good and clean, good to go. But I'm not sure when you've got your own setup at your place right there at the Casa, yeah, you probably don't have to shower, right? That's right. One of the things, though, you wake up early like I did for years and years and years and years, and you've got to shower just to wake up, man. That's the main thing. See, it used to be. Then I, then I realized I could sleep 15 minutes later, so I shower the night before now. Oh, okay. Uh, so you have used, a system. Yeah, I have a system now. So Did energy drinks help you Shower the night before, sleep for an extra 15, 20 minutes. Now, good to go. are you like, would you get like uh, coffee and energy drink and water? Do you have like three different beverages you need in the morning? Coffee and water, yeah. no energy drink. Energy drinks make me crash. Do they really? So yeah, maybe so that's what happened to me them. last night on the couch <laughs> watching The Watcher on that's Netflix. It. You missed two episodes. <laughs> what? I become old man falls asleep on the couch guy in my late fifties, which I always used to think somebody if they ever came over and they were like on the couch, you know, and we had visitors and all of a sudden they were like <laughs> I'm like, Man, I could never do that ever. How can you do that? And now I'm doing it all the time. All right, uh, let's give you our Ortho Central clip of the day right off the bat. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Brent Vittables moments ago talking about the Sooners' final five-game stretch.
There you go, Brent Venables. That is the Ortho Central clip of the day when injuries occur on Friday night. Ortho Central Saturday Injury Clinic is open every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. throughout the month of October. Free evaluations for high school athletes, sports injuries, ortho central, turning setbacks into comebacks. So he said, finish with no regrets. Maybe instead of unity this week, it should be no regrets on the back of the no uniform. Regrets. Yeah, the, I, was, the I was just thinking about yeah. that, the tattoo <laughs> too, always, man. You beat me to it. That now. That's what was it reminds that, me of. Was that We Are the Millers <laughs> yes. in that movie? Which I had think a, it was. Which yeah. had a couple good scenes. That and the, uh, and the kid rapping on uh, Waterfalls was right. pretty good. <laughs> Not oh, it was bad. Excellent. It was a good Jennifer Aniston. Uh, wasn't uh, Ted Lasso? Jason Sudeikis? Yeah, he's in that the dad also? in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, I. By the way, I heard. I don't know if it's true, but the new FIFA game you can play as uh, what is uh, what is Ted Lasso's uh, club? That I don't know. Have you watched? Uh, I don't any have Ted... the Apple TV. Oh man, like, you would, you would really like it. It's yeah. not. It's just not uh, soccer. It's it's uh, it's really good, good stuff. But apparently, you can play as Ted Lasso's squad, and I forget the name of the squad, which would be kind of cool. Might make me buy that. Anyway, uh, we'll see. It doesn't sound good for Billy Bowman playing this weekend. I would say basically. That seems to be, like, extremely doubtful. It's sounding know. like it. Uh, the closer we get, uh, he's not going to be playing. So yeah. You know what that means? Somebody's, somebody's, somebody's going to be free. running wide-ass <laughs> open, man. <laughs> One or two times <laughs> in the game, yes. <laughs> That's right. Most likely. Unfortunately. And it might be Xavier Hutchinson, one of the best receivers in the country. Of course, he had the big Someone's drop in the Texas Someone's going to have regrets is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's hear what Brent had to say. This is uh, Brent talking about Iowa State. It's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out on both sides of the football because, you know, one matchup, I think Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel, when he's throwing the football well, and again, we, we've seen he's had accuracy issues. Now, he did turn it over a couple times in the Kansas game. One of those wasn't his fault. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma's going to be able to move the football. Eric Gray's leading the country in yards uh, you know, per carry. Uh, which he's had a great year. I think the Sooners' offensive line is coming together. I know Iowa State is Brent detailed. They're number one in basically all the important statistical categories. So Oklahoma's offense against Iowa State's defense, you look at that and you think, you know, Iowa State, they got a chance to man up and make Oklahoma really work for it. But I still see the Sooners scoring at least uh, 28 points in this game, maybe 
high 30s in this game against the Iowa State defense if they don't turn it over and if they can convert on third down. And if Dylan Gabriel makes the key throws, like, you know, remember the misses in the Kansas State game that were crucial. The one over the middle to Drake Stoops, wide open for a touchdown. The one uh, where they were trying to convert the fourth uh, down, right, that uh, fell short, that was right there. Should have been uh, should have been a throw and catch. It wasn't. You can't have those issues pop up. And, again, you're not going to make every single throw. And not even Jackson Arnold did that last week against Allen. He was 25 and 28. But, uh, you know, if Dylan Gabriel is, is uh, you know, more accurate and plays like he did in the Kansas game, I think the Sooners will score some points. The other intriguing matchup is Iowa State's offense. Again, they've got a great wideout in Hutchinson. Hunter Deckers is a decent quarterback, nothing super special. But they have been the worst offensive team in the conference. But guess whose defense has been pretty bad? OU's. So, I don't know. It could be like it's like you've got this really good, intriguing matchup when OU has the ball, and then you've got this hold on for dear life, oh, my God, what's going to happen matchup when OU's on defense against Iowa State. Yeah, that's the thing. What's OU's defense going to do? Because Iowa State is not good offensively. So, if they put points on you, you win, even then you're feeling better, but I don't know how you're feeling going into the rest of the season with the matchups that you got with West Virginia. Right. If Iowa State scores on you, you're going to have problems the rest of the year. And Brent mentioned, you know, hey, we could win every game, we could lose yeah, every game, and, and if yeah, if you if you right. get up thirty plus to this offense, you've got some real concern, home or away. It doesn't matter on your uh, remaining two or remaining four. You split it two and two, but. You don't feel confident at home. You don't feel confident on the road with the offenses you're going to face the rest of the way. Well, I kind of trust what you're saying, but I'd like to hear what Bronx has to say, if that's possible. <laughs> and that we don't get that until Thursday late afternoon, <laughs> right, right, or Thursday right. evening. But, uh, you know, the child prodigy who knows all the point spreads and is a genius. He's, he's like the young Sheldon of betting is what he is. Yeah, right? there's been some OU games in the last couple of weeks that he's like, I'm not touching that. So, yeah, he, he'll man, let us know. Smart he'll move. Let us know smart move, my man. The way. So, you're saying you think if, like, Oklahoma scores 31, they should be able to win this football game? Yes. You should be mm-hmm. able to. Am I confident in saying that they don't give up more than 31? No. Yeah, and I haven't seen what is the over and under at. I know the Sooners were one-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I, but, I, I looked at that spread the other day, but I didn't look at the over-under. Yeah, and you, everybody thinks, man, yeah, Iowa State's so bad on offense. Man, there's no Brees Hall around. You know, I know that Brock Purdy made some uh, crazy throws at times, but still he was, a, he was a really good quarterback, and Deckers isn't at that level yet. They just don't have what they've they've had in the past. But, yeah, but we're talking about – Iowa State going up against Oklahoma's defense is what we're talking about. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. And the Sooners win this game, you know, get some more confidence. I mean, that's a Baylor Just keep team. Just keep yeah, absolutely. That's a Baylor team that again hasn't played up to expectations. You've got that game at home. You would have a team that had won two straight and has a good feeling about itself again. You have a chance, possibly, as Brent said, and I know we've all said it, they they could do everything from run the table to lose out. So I've got Oklahoma going 7-5 and five, uh, the rest of the way. And I think, again, bowl eligibility should be your first thing. One game at a time, I know, but don't dip below 500. 
and uh, you know uh, hold the recruiting class together as best you can. And I think if they finish seven and five or better, I think they've got a great chance of holding the entire class together. Particularly, maybe they could even flip David Hicks with all the crazy stuff going on at yeah, Texas A and M. Texas A and M. I mean, it's just players. Cheech and Chong in the locker room, man. <laughs> right. I mean, geez, it was Cheech, Cheech and Chong and Jeff Spicoli. That thing is falling apart. Maybe when you build a culture on money. You know, it's like people get excited. Man, we got this guy. How much? How much do we have left in the budget, guys? In the collectives? Oh, we still got forty million or so. No problem. But it doesn't seem to translate that well. So uh, we'll see what happens with A and M hosting Ole Miss coming up this weekend. Thank you to Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, sponsoring our first hour. Mike Steely along with uh, T.J. Perry. Uh, Tyler and uh, Parker again at 2 o'clock today with Locked In, and we'll have Parker uh, jumping on about uh, probably around 1230 today right here on Steelman and Thune. Should we find him for every uh, segment he misses? That sounds good to me. Have Luann take it out of his paycheck and put it in our paychecks. Is that possible? Can we get, can we get look, that I'm done? I'm going to look into that. All right, let's see if yeah. we can get that done. All right, last year, Home Comfort Systems. Give them a ring, 405-579-3113. All right, coming right back, Mike Steele along with T.J. Perry. Parker is on his way. Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. Oh, man, I'm already uh, getting a preview of the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, and I got to tell you, it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Plank at the end of the show was talking about uh, a story coming out of China that apparently the uh, the guy considered the dirtiest man alive who didn't shower for how long? 60 years, I believe. 60, 60 years. years. Uh Man, you'd need a hazmat suit just to go visit that guy, it sounds like. But the dirtiest man alive apparently passed away. No, probably (laughs) not. Probably not. So they are checking in. We said, you know, who would be the dirtiest man here at the station? And Shane the Train in Newcastle says that Drake looks pretty crusty. (laughs) He's right. Drake is extremely crusty. (laughs) I don't know if that translates into smelly and dirty, but he's crusty. Oh, 405. The dirtiest man alive? Have you ever been to the South Side? Uh, and then there's one uh, about our man Travis. Uh, dirtiest guy at the station has to be Travis, you know, the whole food industry thing. <laughs> so, I don't know. 
Yeah, some of the guys in the food industry are not the cleanest guys in the world. So. I was fired. Back in my fast food days, I remember that. Did you work uh, in fast food? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm trying to guess. Where would T.J. <laughs> Perry work? I don't see you as you in an arches kind of guy. Uh, was not, no. All right. Um, hmm. I know maybe Arby's. I'm going to say it's either Arby's or Taco Bell. Not wrong on both. The little red-headed girl, Wendy's. I was, uh, really? I was, uh, I was at Wendy's wow. slinging singles with cheese. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I I don't know if I've ever – I think I, maybe I have told you because I'm a storyteller, and I know I bore you guys with my stories all the time. But And this happened before I got old. I, I'm such an idiot. One time I went at the Arby's drive-thru, and I remember I ordered two beef and cheddars, a curly fry, and, of course, a large Diet Coke to offset all the calories that I was getting. So I went straight to the window, gave him like 10 bucks, and drove straight off. <laughs> Just left. Yes. And about a mile down the road, I'm reaching over into the sack. You know, you got to have a fry. You can, I'm the guy that I've got to have a couple fries on the way way home, right? And we've, we've always said the underrated psycho is the guy who doesn't eat at least one fry out of the bag on the way home. At least home. one, yeah. Yeah, you've got yeah. to. And I reach over there, and there's no sack. And I'm like, what? Oh, my. So I've got to drive back to Arby's. Go back through the speaker, wait through about six vehicles in front of me, and say, yeah, uh, I'm the guy who had the beef and cheddars and the curly fries and drove off. So I, all right, sir, we've got your sack. Come on up. Well, they didn't say sack. That doesn't sound right. All right, sir, <laughs> we have your food. Just drive through. And there were about five people looking out the window as I pulled up, like, Here's, here comes the idiot. Here he comes. He's a moron. Come look at him. And they're all looking at it like, yeah, that's the guy right those, there. Those things do go on behind the counter. You're oh, exactly yeah. right. Absolutely. Fast food Absolutely. All right. Hey, you know what we have tonight? We have some ex- exhibition basketball at the LNC. OU versus OCU, the new look Sooners. A lot of new players uh, to talk about. And Porter Moser uh, talked about the other day all the new guys trying to uh, fit into his system at OU. All right, Sooners and OCU tonight, 7 o'clock exhibition game at the Lloyd Noble Center. New guys in the lineup. Again, you've got guys back, obviously, the Groves brothers, Tanner and Jacob, Jalen Hill, C.J. Nolan, Bijan Cortez, who will not play tonight. He's got a little injury issue. Luke, Luke Norweather, the seven-foot freshman from Missouri, uh, not expected to go tonight. But you've got other guys, Grant Sherfield coming in, score, point guard from Nevada. You've got Joe Bamisil, another guy. 
uh, who is expected to be a scorer for the Sooners, uh, two guard from uh, George Washington. You have the freshman, Otega Owe. You have Milo Zuza from New Jersey and Las Vegas. Benny Schroeder, the 6'7 kid from Munich, Germany. Yaya Kida, the 6'9", 240-pound big man from uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Desmet High School. I, I believe that was the same high school as Steve Stepanovich. You remember Stepo, right? Are you old enough, TJ, to remember Steve Stepanovich? That name's familiar, but no. Missouri center, white guy, long blonde yeah, hair. He yeah. was the guy who shot himself. Remember, the the story was he was attacked or something, then he had to admit that oh, he accidentally shot himself. That's why I know that name. I've heard that story before, yes. So every time they called him Stepo, and he was like a McDonald's All-American. He was one of the most highly recruited players in the country out of DeSmet High School. I'm almost sure he was a DeSmet guy. Anyway, so I can remember at the Lloydable Center and other arenas, and at center, Steve Stepanovich, and all these cap guns would be going off. <laughs> it was so bad. You could never get away from that now. No way. You could never get away with that now. You, know, you couldn't get in with the cap gun, no, much less. No, absolutely, absolutely not. So, anyway, OU again and OCU tonight, 7 o'clock at the Lloydable Center. All right, uh, Parker is here. Let's get, uh, while we have a few minutes before we break for this segment, let's get a few more Air Comfort Solutions uh, text line texts in right here. Uh, what time is game time for Baylor? It's still in that six-day window. Six-day window, yeah. yeah. We'll know probably Sunday, late Saturday night, Sunday, we'll, we'll know a game time. It's going to be a rooster, right? I I keep leaning that that one's a 6 o'clock and then Bedlam's an 11 a.m. kick. Wow, you Bedlam but, at 11 a.m. But be- Bedlam would have to go to Fox, and I think Michigan-Ohio State's that same mm-hmm. day, so that's probably unlikely. So I may have it backwards. It may be the other way around. This will be the fourth straight rooster for OU. Who knows? We, right? may, get, we may get that time the rest of the season. There, the K-State game is a night game, and was it the uh, what was the 2.30 game? That was the opener, right? Uh, yeah, and then Kent State was Nine, 6 or 6 6.30. had that weird 6.30 or whatever it was because it was the pay-per-view. And then we've had 11 a.m., yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the Sooners and the uh, Rooster kickoffs, they go together, right? I mean, uh, that's probably our best-selling T-shirt would be uh, Ban 11 a.m. Ban kickoffs. Ban 11 a.m. kickoffs, yeah. We sold quite a few of those, I'm sure. All right, OU will come out on fire after the bye week and put up 38 on Iowa State, put money on it from the 918. We were talking off the air. Would you set the over and under for OU points-wise this weekend against an Iowa State defense that's been the best in the league and one of the better defenses in the country? Would you put, like, the over and under at 31 for OU? Or is that too high? 30-31, I think you're about right there. They've only given up over 30 once, and that was to Baylor. So it's going to be a difficult task. So I wouldn't put it much above that, especially with some of the struggles that we've seen with OU. But I think if there's an offense that, you know, can do it, it's this OU offense, especially coming off of a bye week. So, I yeah, thirty-one's a good number. I, I, yeah, I like that number, and I think if the Sooners get in, I mean, how the 30s, confident though are you? And we said this in the first segment. How confident are you that they hold Iowa State and, even yeah, as bad as they are I offensively know. under thirty-one? That, that's the question right there. It's going to be a fascinating game. Eleven a.m. Fox Sports One has it this weekend from Ames, Iowa. Our pregame show right here on the Rep begins at seven a.m. You've got a member of your fan club from the nine one eight. TJ makes every show better. You have family in the nine one eight? Not that I'm aware right. of, but this was a person that liked me uh, making my stupid face comments earlier, and he asked me if that was the same as a punchable face, and I said, "Yeah, pretty much." Yeah. Hmm. If I if I don't like somebody and I think they have a stupid face, it's pretty much a punchable face. Who has the most punchable face in college football right now? Is it oh, right now? 
I think for a lot of people around here, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Lincoln Riley, absolutely. Maybe nationally he'd be way up there, too, I still think. Yeah, Jimbo would be obviously way up there for a lot of people, I think. He's got a pretty punchable face. Um, Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers. You know, you go to you just go south and you can find a lot of them. I mean, look, I, I was serious about this when I said I, I didn't buy that Quinn Ewers could be that good. If you make that haircut choice – there's something wrong. I mean, because you have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I like this look. It looks good. I mean, he looks like somebody, if you just put some overalls on him, he could be in that deliverance group that trapped Burt Reynolds and Ned Beatty and John Voight there on the river. See, we say that, but I think the kids are really digging the mullet right now. I think it's one of the looks that's coming back. Oh, so. my gosh. Why? Especially if you're a baseball player. If you're a teenage baseball player right now, I think it's in for a lot of them. Hmm. So. But his is a bad look. You're it is right. a bad You're look. right. It's a very bad look. All right, TJ coming out of the bullpen, uh, throwing, uh, had some good stuff today. Thank you. Thank you, TJ. Thank you very much. All right, we got uh, Parker coming up next. The White Buffalo is here. That means Parker's here. That means more of your texts are coming up. We'll get Parker's take on the Brent Presser today. Recruiting update. Texas A&M, they got problems, man. And one of them is major weed issues. We'll talk about that more. Lane Kiffin is very punchable, says the 918. I would agree with that. We'll be right back here on The Ref. Ah, yes, the theme from the A&M locker room, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, how about that, Parker? I mean, the uh, the culture that you thought might just fall apart in College Station is oh, falling, up, man, is falling apart. We are going to be pulling a lot of receipts from circa December slash January because this is the most predictable fall from grace in the history of falls from grace. So the three uh, Aggies were not just smoking those funny cigarettes. They were smoking them in the locker room. Is that my understanding? <laughs> I mean, look, Steely, I don't, I don't want to spread hearsay. I don't know how much has been reported. I don't know how much is out there and what isn't out there yet. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it amounts to. Well, I'm envisioning it sounded something like this. You want to pull up scenes from the A&M locker room. I do have that. That's about 40 seconds. I think it might have sounded something like this. Uh, here we go. Uh, I got to turn Tom Petty off first. Okay. Tom, leave. It's the A&M locker room scene. Is that a joint, man? Let's <laughs> Be careful with that, man. Uh, 
Is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> Will it blow me away? <laughs> put your seatbelt on, man. I think that much. I've been smoking since I was born, man. I could smoke anything, man. You know, like I smoked that Michoacan, man, Acapulco Gold, man. Yeah, that didn't even do nothing to me, man. I could probably smoke this whole joint, man, and still walk away, man. Scenes from the A&M <laughs> locker room here on Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Uh, you know, I, I've said, and I mean this, I had a, a cousin who went to A&M, and at one point, I, I, a long time ago in a galaxy, really far away, I dated a girl from A&M. I actually, oh, that's, no. a, that's how I went to Midnight Yell practice one year. Wait, you went to a Midnight Yell well, practice? Well, she lived in Oklahoma City. Okay. And I was doing, a, I was working at another radio station a long time ago, and A&M came to play in Norman on that cold night against the John Blake team, and so... She invited me to go to midnight yell practice, and I went to midnight yell practice, and I thought it was one of the strangest things ever. But A&M, some of their creepy things that they do are very strange, but there's no other school out there like A&M with their traditions. The bonfire went away a long time ago. Uh, which that was cool at the time. And then when you had the, the injuries and the catastrophe, obviously we knew that was going away. I but. want an in-depth description of your experience at Midnight Yelp. Well, Packers. you got the guys and the, the male cheerleaders out there telling bad jokes. And then you had, you know, they, uh, you had to yell along with them. Of course I didn't yell, but, uh, it was just, that was it. Basically what you've seen in the video. That's what happened that night at Norman. Uh, at midnight yell practice, really bad jokes, sometimes off color, bad, you know, jokes that you couldn't get by with in uh, today's society for certain. But it's uh, like I'm saying, is there anybody out there that is even close to the weirdness of Texas A&M in terms of what they do? No, there's not. I mean, I don't know that there's anybody in the same ballpark as A&M. I don't even know who would be second in that respect. I mean, every school has their traditions and, uh, you know, things that they do that are kind of cool and, you know, but nobody has anything, the multitude of crazy things like they do at A&M. And unless I'm forgetting about somebody. And uh, let me know on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And uh, maybe I'm missing out. But I, I, there's nobody competing with A&M for the crazy title of cult, crazy culture, crazy traditions in college football. And like I said, I, I actually kind of like it because it's so out there. I wouldn't want to participate in it or be an A&M Aggie, but it's kind of, you know, and it, like I said, if you go to A&M, my cousin, and he's, he's gone, uh, we lost him, but he was totally 100% bought in to that culture. You don't go into A&M and, and like, stay there and be half of an Aggie. You either go, oh, my gosh, this is too crazy for me, and you're gone, or you stay there and you're totally bought in. So, anyway, Jimbo Fisher in an in an eighty six million dollar uh, buyout, man. Who would be if A and M? Because A and M prints money. Now I don't know if A and M prints enough money to, uh, you know, buy out a coach for eighty six million dollars. Maybe they create some kind of controversy where they can uh, get rid of him, fire him with cause, that kind of deal. This is big time athletics, you know. I wouldn't put it past him to do that. 
But uh, to me, who would be a coach out there that A&M could bring in if, again, just a scenario here, hypothetical, that would be a scary hire for everybody else for Texas A&M? Like Matt Rule? No. No, I don't think Matt – like, here's the thing. You have to consider who's going to fit at Texas A&M. Matt Rule doesn't uh, seem Matt, like a Matt fit Matt Rule there. does not fit What about Texas Urban A&M? Meyer at A&M? He's and, a loud, now listen, dirty scumbag. Now listen. You got to throw all your morals out the window if you're going to go that route. They already but have, But if there's right? one school that's in position to do that and would be willing to do that for the sake of winning, it would be Texas A&M. Listen, if I am Ross Bjork, I am throwing the bag at Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer at A&M makes some sense. Uh, Urban Meyer, we've seen what he's like. He's, uh, I, I don't know why I still like that he walked over and kicked his kicker and called him, make your kicks dip. Boop. I mean, now that's coaching right there. That is coaching. But uh, from the 580, I feel like Muleshoe would fit A&M's culture perfectly. I don't know. Is Muleshoe, I mean, he's a scumbag, Yes. But he seems like... He's not enough of a weird scumbag. No, he seems like a look at me kind of... Even though he's very aloof, I think it's really weird. Exactly. He's he's aloof. That's a great word to use. You can't be aloof at at Texas A&M. You You have to be weird. And some of it doesn't make a lot of sense because you think L.A. and you think, well, you know, you want the spotlight on you. I think one of the reasons he went to L.A. is so he could disappear in a big city, too, and just coach football. Because uh, – and Muleshoe did his coach's show and all his obligations and all that stuff. But I, I know people said, man, one guy that I know said, yeah, when he first came here, I put him up for a couple months in my place and never saw the guy. You know, it was like he was just invisible. So – but I think, uh, you know, I don't know. A&M, you would have to have a scummy culture, you know, basically – when you think of scumbag cultures in college football, you think of Auburn, LSU, A&M. And A&M, again, this is, look, the NIL stuff, even though it's not supposed to be in a recruiting inducement, uh, we know how they're working around that. And A&M, again, they've they just basically decided, yeah, what? Well, let's start printing money and getting you. We ate five stars in the last class. And again, you're looking at a losing season at Texas A&M. By the way, speaking of recruiting inducements, did you see that today, three days after Malachi Coleman committed to Nebraska, Mickey Joseph committed a recruiting violation in his weekly press conference what? talking about Malachi oh Coleman by name? Oh, my gosh. Really? Yes. Jeez. Holy cow. Now, is the NCAA going to do anything about it? I don't know. But I just thought it was funny. You, you did somebody ask this... him about it, or did he just? Yes. Did he just yes, bring it up? Yes, that's the thing. Is okay. like, the, and I can't fathom being a reporter in the year 2022 and not having picked up on the rules, mm-hmm. which is coaches can't talk about recruits publicly by name. Right. But he gets asked a question about Malachi Coleman, and if that happens, and it does happen at times, I can recall that it actually it happened to Brent Venables, not too long. Maybe maybe it was in January. Uh, there was some uh, rookie reporter that asked him a recruiting question, and Brent did exactly what you're supposed to do, which is to say, uh, not allowed to answer that question for compliance reasons. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. But 
Nikki Joseph answered the question, <laughs> referred to Malachi Coleman by name. That's a recruiting violation. Oh, man. Again, is the NCAA going to do anything about it? Probably not. But I just thought it was funny that Nebraska spent all this time and effort and months and months and months nonstop battering down the door to get Malachi Coleman committed, and then three days after he finally Yeah, pledges. he just committed. He just announced it. Uh, was it Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Uh, from the 972, Nebraska's down so bad the NCAA won't do anything to them. Yeah, it might be might be some truth in that statement. All right, let's break right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon. Urban Meyer. How about going from Jimbo Fisher potentially to Urban Meyer? A&M could dangle a lot of money out there. Urban Meyer. Maybe again they invite they uh, they come up with some scenario where they get Jimbo in trouble and they can fire him with cause. I think they wouldn't put that past AM either. All right, stay with us. Home of Sooner fans here on a Tuesday. We're coming right back. More songs from the A&M playlist, ladies and gentlemen. A little Joker by the Steve Miller Band. Kevin in Tulsa on the air. Comfort Solutions text line. Guys, it's clear. It's obvious the culture at A&M has gone to pot. Not bad. Not bad there, Kevin. Not bad. By the way, Riverwind Casino. We're talking jackpots at Riverwind Casino. Not that other stuff. We are talking about you winning some jackpots out there. You go out there to Riverwind. You see it happen all the time. They give away millions in jackpot earnings uh, every month and over 2,800 electronic games to choose from. All your favorite table games are there as well. They have a big-time, world-class poker room, best bars and dining with the Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet, Chips and Ales, and the Seasons Food Court. All great options for you. Great promotions like the new Member 7. New patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in uh, one day. That's a heck of a deal. And again, we have a Bedlam Beats and Bites show coming up. Friday night, next month, November 18th, the night before Bedlam, Bedlam Eve. Beats and Bites, Bedlam style, outdoors at Riverwind, also presented by Phillips 66. The Eli Young Band with Wade Bowen opening. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office and at riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino also has a world-class hotel. That's why they are simply the best. Riverwind, also the sponsor of our uh, hotline at 405-329-9000. All right, we'll talk about Parker's impressions of the presser today uh, coming up here in a few. Let's get as many texts in this hour as we can before we break for the top of the hour. Will the A&M news be the last straw and finally cause David Hicks to flip? Well, the more this gets crazier and the more uh, – I would think the mom's got to be going – if she has some input – because she didn't look – I mean, I'm just going from the impressions of that press conference. And she was kind of like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Uh-huh. It was kind of the look. Um, what do you think? It, the more it can't be good. I mean, it can't be good. To use Kevin's metaphor, the more and more this goes to pot, 
the better it bodes for Oklahoma with regard to DJ Hicks. Yes. Because uh, you look at Texas A&M's class right now in 2023, Steely, it is by no means cumbersome. It is by no means ballyhooed. It is a far cry from the class that they signed a year ago. And so you factor in losing to the equation, the reality that three weeks from now, A&M could very realistically be three and seven, having lost to Ole Miss, LSU, and Florida in succession by that point. Yeah, things are on the precipice of getting real, real ugly in College Station. No, absolutely. Unless you salvage this thing fast. Well, and they've got injuries mounting up too. Bryce Foster. Uh, Oklahoma's in Bryce Foster's like top three, right? They were, uh, in the, they were in the end game with Bryce Foster, they were, right? Uh, Bryce Foster was going to Oklahoma until about 45, 48 hours before National Signing Day. Are we talking ATM again? That it, No. Wasn't no, he, wasn't didn't he have family he just had connections a lot of, yeah. and stuff? He, he, his family was part of the Aggie cult. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that one made sense. Well, he's out for the year. They got another offensive lineman out for the year. They've already got offensive uh, issues. And if you're Oklahoma, man, if, if Oklahoma could get to eight and four or somehow remarkably, you know, win out and get to nine and three and A&M keeps losing. I mean, you're looking at what do you think realistically for A&M? I mean, they've got that game with UMass. That's an automatic victory. Everything else is, uh, I would know. say right now, six and six is mm-hmm. best case scenario. Yeah. And more realistically, I think they go five and seven. I think they beat Massachusetts, and I think they beat Auburn to close the year. I do not think they win any of their next three games. Ole Miss, LSU, Florida. Mm-hmm. I think all three of those are losses. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, for the Sooners, again, you've got to keep you know taking positive steps. Go win this game this weekend. Get some momentum going into that home game with Baylor after Iowa State. And, uh, you know, just, just show that you know, the culture is starting to take hold. You're moving in the right direction. And uh, with A&M losing like this, I, I don't know. I, you know what sounds weird with what I'm thinking about? And I hate to be Mr. Negative because I still kind of think, just on a gut feeling, like I said a million times, you guys know the recruiting inside. But I just – I've had a feeling that Colton Vosick is going to wind up flipping down the stretch. But I kind of get a feeling that maybe David Hicks might just flip to Oklahoma. Now, well, the question would you, is – Would you trade David Hicks for Colton Vosick? Yes, I, I think now, most people would say yes. And again, nothing against Colton Vosick. I think he's going to be a really good player. If he lives up to the building, those highlights look good. He plays at a really good program, uh, no doubt about it. And you'd love to get both. Now, now if they could hold on to Vosick and get Hicks to flip. Now, again, a lot of that, it depends on how much money is being promised to David Hicks, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> can you tolerate five and seven – and can you tolerate all this bad stuff happening with the A&M program? And look, it's not like the Oklahoma program is in, you know, great shape at the current moment. I think they will be, but, you know, it's not like everything's going great at Oklahoma, but at least it's not a, a culture issue. It's an on-the-field execution issue, particularly with the defense. Which is a lot easier to fix right. than a corrupt culture. Yeah, and if you're a parent, you're thinking, man, did you hear that A&M, hey, Dave? You know, you think mom said, Really? We had kids there at A&M smoking pot in the locker room. How much is the payoff on that uh, NIL deal? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. But I don't know. The more this happens, uh, because David Hicks was going to Oklahoma. 
Yep. And then he sure was. Transaction happened, and a Swiss bank account probably filled up. I don't know, something crazy like that, and uh, things changed. So uh, I wouldn't totally give up on the David Hicks situation with all this stuff happening at AM. All right, I want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour. You know, Tim Lasher is a great Sooner. Mr. Reliable kicking the ball right there through the uprights in those big games. Bedlam, Lincoln, Nebraska. You could count on Tim Lasher. He was going to make that big kick for you. His company will get the job for you, you know, done easily, professionally, and at a great price. Give Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call, 405-579-3113. All right, one more hour to go. Keep it right here on The Ref. We are right here for hour number two, Steelman and Thune on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. Locked in, coming up with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas at 2 o'clock today. Thank you again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour. Great deals on cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles as well. They find the very best for you and offer up the best deals and that great guarantee Oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All at the Seth Wadley Auto Group, exit 72 off I-35 in Paul's Valley. Anything stand out to you from the Brent press conference? Number one, for me, it doesn't seem like Billy Bowman's going to be playing this weekend. Eh, What do you think? I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, We were, of course, we we got to... I, I guess we didn't get to watch the tail end of practice last night, but when we showed up at practice for post-practice availabilities, there were still guys out there running around, throwing balls around, uh, kind of working themselves through drills. And Billy Bowman was one of those guys. He was suited up. So so you think there is a chance? I, I think there is a chance. I'm not saying it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I think there's a chance. Um, I do think we've seen Oklahoma – we've seen this staff in general – over the course of the first half of the season, be very cautious with injuries. And Venables did say that Bowman's one of those guys that you kind of have to slow down in terms of his rehabilitation because he's so eager to get back out there on the field. So I I would lean toward Bowman not playing this weekend, but I also don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I don't think that's 100% certainty. Um, what did stand out about Venables' presser? Uh, he addressed the DJ Graham situation. Yeah, Ted Roof and Jeff Levy played hot potato with that a little bit yesterday and passed it off to Brent. I mean, Levy kind of talked about it. Ted Roof was like, nah, nah, I need to talk to Brent. So what is – are we worrying too much about DJ Graham playing at wide receiver because it it doesn't – it's going to be hard for him to get any snaps at wide receiver, you would think. 
as long as they stay healthy right now. Yeah, I mean, this may be a move that's more geared toward 2023 yeah. for Graham than 2022 right. because, yeah, there just isn't much of an opportunity given the state of the receiver room at the moment for Graham to contribute meaningfully. Uh, he was, He did stay late at practice. Last night, he was catching some routes on air from Nick Evers, so he was getting the work in. Did I hear right, by the way, that Eric Gray is now the leader in yards per carry? In the nation? That's that's what I thought I it heard. W- it wouldn't surprise me. I know he's north of seven yards per carry. Yeah. Which is pretty dang remarkable. I mean, that's about the that's about what Kennedy Brooks was doing. That's turned out with Marcus Major uh, when he's healthy with Eric Gray, Javante Barnes, and Marcus Major. That's turned into a pretty good uh, running back rotation. But Eric Gray, to me, has just been sensational. I mean, he's been tremendous. One of the things that, uh, you know, I think frustrated some Sooner fans, particularly last year, is he. there were too many times where he didn't make that one guy miss, right? Where he felt like he was about ready to break off a big run and there was one guy who would bring him down. This year he's making that guy miss a lot more often, rarely getting tackled in the open field. And he's, of course, a great receiver out of the backfield. So Eric Gray has had a – fantastic year I mean when you talk about the MVPs Braden Willis is the guy to me but Eric Gray is uh right there you know by the way shout out to the OU comm department because last night they let us talk to our Mason Thomas how about that time and it's a great week to do that because as you may recall Steely our Mason Thomas was committed to Iowa State for over six months and then flipped to Oklahoma on National Signing Day so that's a guy that's very well acquainted uh, with Matt Campbell, with that campus, with that staff. And I I will say, if you want to talk about one guy that is always, and I mean always, staying after practice to get extra work in, it's our Mason Thomas. He will be out there longer than anybody. By the way, the chances of that interview taking place during the Muleshoe administration? Zero. zero. Yeah. Maybe negative beyond zero in a negative way. Uh-huh. No chance. So I like that. Uh, I like hearing that. Again, uh, Brent seemed pretty upbeat. I mean, I think they've all been pretty re-energized, I'm sure, to have a week off. Uh, and any, you know, little time off never hurt anybody in any walk of life. So it seemed like, uh, you know, Brent was, uh, you know, and, and you would expect, I think he was shell-shocked a little bit uh, during that three-game stretch, particularly after the TCU game and the uh, Texas game, where he was just like, man, uh, we're trying, I mean, we're trying to, you know, get these guys ready, and it's just not working out. He seemed pretty upbeat today. What did you think of Brent's uh, – seemed pretty optimistic, about as optimistic uh, as you can be with uh, what they've gone through so far. Yeah, I mean, he was very on brand. He was asked at one point, is it maddening the fact that the Big 12 is so deep right now and you don't really have an idea of who you – got to take seriously on any given weekend. And Brent was like, listen, it's the game of football. We take everybody seriously. And the second you're not taking everybody seriously is the second you slip up and you get beat. So, no, it's not maddening. Uh, but we talked, we've talked. we talked about this over the last couple of weeks in particular, Steely, the reality that the gap, the margin between 1 and 10 in the Big 12 is so slim. It's amazing. Like, uh, TCU is obviously the number one team in the conference, if for nothing else by virtue of their record. And knocking who's out every 10? starting quarterback they face. Yeah, of no course. joke. Who's number 10, though? Honestly, who's number 10? Probably a West Virginia. Would you think? I mean, I still don't think Iowa State is, but again, because they've been in every game. Yeah, exactly. You look at Iowa State, their last place in the Big 12 right now. 
They're 0-4 in conference play. Those four losses have come by a, com- by a combined 14 points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as uh, Ted Roof was saying the other day, they could very easily be 7-0. There's no doubt. But they didn't make enough plays. They didn't get the calls. They didn't get the call in Austin last week. Xavier Hutchinson is one of the best wideouts in college football, but he had a key drop in that uh, they, they should have beaten Texas. They should have beaten Texas, and they just couldn't quite get it done. But uh, for Oklahoma, again – we, we talked about this when, when TJ was on. What would you put the over and under on points? I set the over and under at 31 for Oklahoma uh, point-wise against this Iowa State defense. What do you think? Is that a good number? Is it too low, too high? If, if you can hold Iowa State to less than 30 points, I think you feel good about your odds to win the football game. The question is – do you feel good about your odds to hold Iowa State to less than 30 points? Yeah, which is crazy considering that they're the worst offense in the Big 12. You're not going to be able to run rough shot offensively on Iowa State like you did on Kansas. Iowa State's a better defensive team than that. So I don't expect the Sooners to hang a 50-piece on the board. Yeah. But I also don't think they'll need to in order to win the football game because Iowa State – I I would argue that Iowa State has the worst offense in the conference. Yeah, numbers-wise, they are. Yeah, and it, it, it's not as if their offense is anemic by any stretch. It's not, it's not as if there's a significant gap between their offense and every other offense in the conference. But top to bottom, you look at the talent level, you look at the statistics, you look at the consistency. Iowa State is not an offense that anyone should fear. Just if you're Oklahoma, don't make them look better than they are. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, and I think, again, uh, in a game like this, uh, you know, a turnover, special teams play uh, is going to be huge uh, in a game like this because, again, the Sooners are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Iowa State has been uh, problematic. Um, You know, but they've won. They've won in Norman. They've won in Ames as well. You know, they beat that that Spencer Rattler team. Of course, that's when uh, Oklahoma started the year again with a couple losses, came back and won the, uh, the conference. But uh, you know that they'll be well-drilled, well-coached. Uh, but I don't know. I think, again, if the Sooners play reasonably good defense, which is a huge question mark, I think they will score some points. And I would think at the very least that Oklahoma would score 24 on Iowa State, and that would be my bottom-level number for Oklahoma. Again, if, if they don't turn it over and do a bunch of crazy things, uh, they should score at least 24 on Iowa State. The question is, again, can the Oklahoma defense limit Iowa State to below 24 if, if uh, it's going to be that tough going you know, against that Cyclone defense for OU? Here's what's refreshing. You don't have to go against Brees Hall this year. That's true, yeah. Iowa State does not have that game breaker that they have had in years past. And you think about it. Kolar was a big problem, too. Yes. No Kolar as well. And you think about it for Iowa State before Brees Hall, it was Hakeem Butler. And then before Hakeem Butler, it was Alan Lazard. But there always seemed to be that one guy for Iowa State that would pop off against Oklahoma and keep the football game close. That guy's probably Xavier Hutchinson in 2022. But. Xavier Hutchinson is not Brees Hall. He's not Alan Lazard. He's not Charlie Kohler. I'm not sure he's the type of impact player that's going to be able to lift Iowa State 
either to a victory or to contention all the way to the final whistle in this game, the way that Hall has in the past, the way that Butler did in 2018, the way Lazar did in 2017, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, Lazard's turned out to be a pretty decent receiver in the NFL. Yeah. You got Brees Hall in the NFL. Uh, for me, the, the biggest matchup issue with Iowa State for years uh, recently was always Kolar. Particularly, I can still see him going up against Buki, oh, you know, gosh. posterizing Buki time and time again, where you've got like 6'5 against 5'10 or whatever it was, 5'9. But uh, he was a heck of a player, no doubt. All right, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Where are we going? We will be going to nothing but your texts in the next segment, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So get those texts rolling in. We've got a lot already. We'll get to as many as we can when we get back. Sooners and Iowa State, 11 a.m. Saturday in Ames on Fox Sports 1. Our pregame show kicks off at 7 a.m. right here on The Ref. Stay with us. Coming right back. Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, on your Tuesday. Hope it's going along well. Thanks again to the uh, Seth Wiley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Our second-hour sponsor, Exit 72, right there in Paul's Valley. A great deal on a vehicle from the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Comes with a great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. And zero additional cost to you. That's a very good thing. I like that guarantee a lot. All right, and we're always guaranteed to have a ton of texts on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions at text line 405-651-3439. What do we have? Is Caden McDonald an Oklahoma Sooner? I don't know. I don't think he knows where he's going right now, and we're six days out from the decision. I expect it to be Oklahoma, Clemson, or Florida. Those three schools, I believe, are the ones in final contention. A week away, is that right? Six days. Six days now. Halloween. Mm. Halloween is when it's going down. So, is he an Oklahoma Sooner? I'm not going to say yes. I'm also not going to say no. What I am going to say is we'll see what happens. We'll see how this situation progresses over the next several days. Todd Bates is going to be at Caden McDonald's game this weekend, right before he commits. So, uh, obviously, you can't have actual FaceTime mm-hmm. at you like wave like at that. him, right? Yeah, that's about it. But uh, at least Caden McDonald is going to be able to walk into his commitment day on Halloween with the knowledge that uh, Oklahoma pushed hard for him until the very, very end, the point where Todd Bates was willing to travel to his game uh, and then turn right around and head up to Ames, Iowa 
all the way from Sewanee, Georgia. So Oklahoma's pushing hard for McDonald, the four-star defensive lineman out of the state of Georgia. Do they end up getting him? The simple answer right now is I do not know. And I don't think there is a strong lean right now in that recruitment. All right, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, they're already asking about Gabriel Brownlow-Dendy yeah, transferring I, from A&M. Again, I'm, j- I'm not going to touch that situation. Uh, I, my personal MO slash policy is not to discuss the possibility of any individual player transferring, whether outbound or inbound, just because at that point – People take the things you say out of context, they put their own spins on them, and then all of a sudden speculation or conjecture starts to become fact. And I don't want that to happen. I've seen that situation get out of hand too many times. So not going to discuss that. Here's what I will say. If Gabriel Brownlow Dindy were to not finish his collegiate career as an Aggie, I would expect that he would finish it as a Sooner. That's all. Uh, Back to the text line here. Anthony Evans flipping to Georgia. Uh, Not to my knowledge. That's Has that been out there? Did we miss that somehow? First I've heard of that, if that's the thing. If that's the thing. Um, Is Peyton Bowen expected to sign somewhere in December or run it out until February? The expectation is that he'll sign in December, but at this point, I, I don't know. I, I've thought so many times that the Bowen situation had a reliable, clearly defined timeline, and it still doesn't. I don't know when he's going to commit. I don't know when he's going to sign. The best that anyone can offer right now is an educated guess. And my educated guess at this point will be that Bowen commits sometime next month and signs in December. But do not take that as gospel. You, you think he would be – we know that Jackson Arnold is expecting to get in early. Would uh, Is that the plan for Peyton Bowen, that he would get somewhere and go through spring practice? Yes. Do we know? So, yeah. So, we'll see. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Anything new on Vosick? No, not since yesterday. Was there something yesterday that I missed? No, what? it's just that yesterday was the last we talked about it. Yeah, I, I get yeah. we're going to have to talk about it every single day until signing day because yeah. people are going to keep asking. But no, not, nothing has changed with the Vosik situation. If anything does change, believe me, y'all will be the first to know. Uh, ND message boards seem real skittish on Bowen from what I read last night. The majority think he's going to OU. That comes from Edmonds Steve Young. Yeah, I, look, I've been saying it since June. I don't know where Peyton Bowen ends up in the end. My educated guess at this point would be Oklahoma. But one thing I can say with virtual certainty is that he's not going to be at Notre Dame. That commitment is not going to stick. And it seems that finally the Fighting Irish faithful are starting to come around to reality. And the other capacity. the other school that you've always thought is in the mix, besides Oklahoma, was A&M, right? Yes. And you still think A&M, despite their pot smoking in the locker well, room ways again, and their $86 million coaching buyouts. Well, and, we talked about it with DJ Hicks. The more toxic that situation becomes in College Station, mm-hmm. the better it bodes for Oklahoma as it pertains to the recruitment of not only DJ Hicks, 
but also Peyton Bowen. Culture of cash may not work, ladies and gentlemen, a culture of cash. Now, I'd be willing to see if it works. I mean, you want to give me some good cash, I will try and adapt to your culture. But it doesn't appear to be working at Texas A&M so far. Oh, boy. Somebody asked, anything new on DJ Hicks? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's coming in every day. (laughs) We're scrolling through the history. Well, no, Steely, they've texted that exact same text like. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, it's it's all been in the span of the last two minutes. They've texted that same text like 20 times. Yeah. There was one one, uh, thread on October 11th. Here's the deal. If you have, I, I mean, we'll answer the question. We will answer the question. But if you have, like, Twitter (laughs) You can go search like DJ Hicks, and if something big has happened, it most likely will be on there. Now, we want you to listen here. Don't get me wrong. But usually, if something has happened, it's going to break with somebody of that stature. And it might just be Parker Thune breaking it. So This listener says, Vasek slash Bowen should be off limits until something is announced by either one of them. Nothing has changed. What else is there? Listen, that's that's great with yeah, me. Yeah, we actually, actually that's great with me. You know what happens though? People listen in uh, at different times, and they don't. You know, some dude may just jump in his car at uh, forty-five after the hour. Well, I haven't talked about Peyton Bowen yet. You know, blah blah blah. And uh, so, you know, what's the latest on Bowen? when we might have talked about it or Parker talked about it in the previous segment five minutes ago. So I get why some people uh, get frustrated with that. So, But, yeah, the questions are going to keep coming in. This listener says, wait, Parker, who were you talking about maybe leaving OU for A&M? Uh, nobody, I don't think. We had touched on uh, – one listener had asked what the odds were that Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy would leave A&M for OU. But, I again, that's not really a situation that – I'm going to, well, I'll talk about it. I'll just kind of tiptoe around it because I don't want to feed the speculation machine. And that's been, that machine has been humming for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been people talking about Gabriel Brown Lodindi transferring on social media and elsewhere for months. He may have thought it was our conversation about Peyton Bowen because you said, I, I will guarantee you that it will not be Notre Dame. Uh, on Peyton Bowen, and I said, well, you said the other school that was in the running, of course, was Texas A&M, so maybe that was the misunderstanding there. Jay from Medill, very frustrated. Do these questions really come in every day? Good grief, it's just a replay every day. A lot of them come in, yes, they do. This listener says, any truth that Steely is going to transfer back to the other station? No truth. That ain't true. You will not be the next radio host at that station? I will not. I like where I am and what I'm doing right now. I I like it a lot. Here's a fun question. Any names of 2024 recruits that might commit early to the Sooners? Phenomenal question. I'd love to discuss this. Okay, go Let's ahead. talk about a few. All right. Four-star linebacker Peyton Pierce out of Lovejoy High School in Texas. Four-star quarterback Michael Hawkins out of Allen High School in Texas. Five-star defensive lineman David Stone, currently at IMG Academy, originally from Dell City, Oklahoma. Four-star defensive lineman Nigel Smith, out of Melissa, Texas. Four-star defensive lineman Zadavian Sims, out of Denison, Texas. He's now at Durant High School, just across the border in the state of Oklahoma. 
We've talked a bit about Stacy Gage. I think that's become less likely. The names that I would know at the running back position. Stacy Gage, Florida, where? Yeah, Florida and Ohio State mm. making big pushes. There you go. The names I would know at the running back position would be four-star prospect Taylor Tatum out of Longview, Texas, and four-star prospect Caden Durham out of Duncanville, Texas. Beyond that, yeah, I guess I'll throw a couple offensive linemen in there. Uh, Grant Bricks, three-star out of the state of Iowa. Grant Bricks. Bricks. All right, what position? Uh, offensive tackle. There you go. All right, you like a guy, Bricks, offensive tackle. You don't want that guy in uh, basketball. Though, no, you do not. Obviously. No, you but do Grant not. Bricks on the offensive line, that, that sounds good. Uh, Casey Poe, four-star offensive lineman out of Lindale, Texas, another guy that's high on Oklahoma early in the process. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I'm trying to think of the crystal ball predictions that I have put in for Oklahoma in the class of 2024. Um, All right, sorry. What, 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 are you, what are you laughing at, Steely? I just got a text from a buddy of mine, and he said, I agree with Jay from Adil. Tell these cheapskates to get a recruiting service. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this listener says, Parker, I want to say that you mentioned back in the summer that 2024 might end up being a very good recruiting year for OU, even better than 2023. Can you touch on that? Yeah. I think when you look at – the targets that OU has across the board in 2024, the guys that they are trending early in the process for, guys such as David Stone and Mike Hawkins and Peyton Pierce, you have the chance to put together an elite nucleus very early on. And from there, especially if you get the ball rolling in terms of the on-field play, we know the culture's there at OU. You start winning football games and winning them convincingly, and showing these prospects that OU's the place to be if you want to be a part of a championship football team. Then, yeah, 2024, if you look across the board, and I'm going to do a piece on OUinsider.com later this week, kind of taking a look at some of the early names to know in the class of 2024, uh, some candidates uh, who could be the first commit. Oh, oh, another, another name I'll David throw out David Stone's solid, you think? Yeah, yeah, I feel real good about that one. Okay. Xavier Filsami. Four-star defensive back. Xavier Salami? Who yes, is it? Xavier Salami. We'll go with that. Four-star defensive back out of McKinney High School mm. in Texas. Isn't uh, Geyer playing against them this week? I'll be there. Ah, right, there you Thursday go. Thursday night. Jackson Arnold's going to light him up, man, but we'll take him if he's good. So, there you go. All uh, right. I, li- I enjoy listening to you boys, says this listener. My office is in Belgrade, Montana. I bet that's beautiful country, man. Be. I, you know, I've never been up to that part of America, but I would love to go up there. Montana, you know, uh, only the rugged outdoors people survive out there. So, actually, I don't need to go there. I'm the city slicker type. I would probably die. That's rugged country for rugged people. Like, who's rugged here? Teddy? Teddy could survive up there. TJ, he, he's wearing boots all the time now. He could survive up there. The rest of us, I'm not so sure. Plank, Plank could because all he would do is do a radio show 24-7 like he does. But I think I would encounter, you know, some like an elk or a buffalo or something and probably be caught in a stampede or something. Do buffalo stampede? I think they do, right? Uh, I guess that would be the word. I don't think yes. elk would, but I think there would be a buffalo stampede that would in my existence up there it's my guess 
All right, stay with us. We've got another award-winning segment right around the corner here on The Ref. All right, we are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Tuesday edition. We're getting locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas here in about uh, a little over 25 minutes. Thunder in action tonight, taking on the L.A. Clippers. They will play the uh, Clippers tonight at Paycom at 7 o'clock. They'll play the Clippers again on Thursday night. We know that Paul George is not expected to play tonight. Kawhi is expected to play for the Clippers. SGA out, Josh Giddy out. J-Dub, that's uh, Santa Clara. Jalen Williams also out tonight for OKC. And, uh, again, the Clippers and the Thunder at 7 o'clock. Like I said, every loss is a victory in the Wimbanyama uh, sweepstakes. So, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with another L. Saturday at the Dallas Mavericks, by the way, for Oklahoma City. And, again, we heard from Porter Moser earlier. OU, OCU, 7 o'clock tonight at the Lloyd Noble Center. Exhibition basketball. No Bijan Cortez tonight. No Luke Norweather tonight. But you'll get a look at new guys like Grant Sherfield, uh, who is on the Bob Cousy preseason awards list uh, yesterday. That was announced. That's only 20 point guards. That's pretty good. Joe Bamisil, uh, the transfer from George Washington, new freshman, Otega Oway. You've got uh, Milos Uza, uh, Benny Schroeder, the kid from Germany that's a, a swing man about 6'7", and Yaya Kida, the uh, transfer from uh, who is at Missouri. So happening tonight at the LNC. 405-651-34. 39. You going to go to the game tonight? You going to watch some exhibition basketball? I will not. I will be watching on ESPN Plus. Though. Oh, okay. So that's normally I how I do it. I forgot you're a couch now. potato. That's right. I'm old, man. I can't, you know, it's very difficult for me to get out, but I will definitely be on ESPN Plus, and Shay and I will probably be watching uh, a Netflix series. Probably the conclusion of The Watcher tonight, which I hear the ending, which I haven't looked at, is absolutely horrible. It's a very campy series, by the way. But uh, and I will have the uh, Sooner game on the phone and the Thunder game on the iPad. So that's how I'll roll tonight. Back to the text line. One listener simply says, hope to see more of Spears Jennings. Don't we all? Robert Spears Jennings, didn't he play like 10 or 11 sl- uh, snaps in that game against Kansas? But he it made a lot of like plays. more than that. I know it did, but I thought I looked back and it was like, Somebody said we only played like three series, but huh. he made an impact in those three series. If that's what it was. Uh, has 2024 offensive lineman Eddie Pierre-Louis from Tampa received an offer, asks one listener in the 918. Yes, he has, and that is a name I neglected to mention. That is another guy that Oklahoma is going to push hard for and that could ultimately end up being part of the class. Eddie Pierre-Louis grew up an Oklahoma fan. I can so. see the portrait, uh, the oil <laughs> painting of Eddie 
Pierre-Louis. We need that edit commissioned. Tattoo Baker, where are you at? And I, I could see it like one of those old Napoleon, uh, you know, <laughs> paintings. Is, hanging, hanging somewhere in the Euphusi in, in, uh, in Florence. This listener asks, is Stacy Gage from Oklahoma – why is he less likely come to come to OU now than earlier this year? Well, because IMG, he's right there in the Gators' well, he's, backyard. Well, he's not right? actually at IMG anymore. He's at Wharton. Oh, he is, but he's so Wharton is that? Where's Wharton? Yeah, Wharton is kind of like there are a lot of kids that go to Wharton that end up Gators. Okay, I'll say that. So it's a Gator um, factory. I wouldn't call it a Gator factory, but. That's it's a it's a it's a breeding ground for young Gators. Uh, Ohio State is very much in the mix as well. Look, here's what it boils down to: money. N I L. Now, does that mean Stacy Gage isn't going to be a Sooner in the end? No, he's a lifelong OU fan. He's from Hugo, Oklahoma. So, OU still has an inside track. But that said. You look at what Florida has done on the recruiting trail. You look at what Ohio State has done on the recruiting trail. Ohio State is one of the nation's best teams right now on the field. And Florida, under the direction of Billy Napier, there's a ton of reason to be excited about where that program's headed. So it's it's not a slam dunk. It kind of felt like it at first with Stacey Gage. It's not really a slam dunk anymore. Is OU offering Kenyon Kelly, the four-star out of Denison? They have offered him. I, I'm i not. What position? Uh, defensive back. Defensive okay. back. I'm not bullish on OU's chances with him yet. But, again, as one of our listeners earlier mentioned on the text line, uh, if you get a whole bunch of guys from his immediate vicinity, i.e. Nigel Smith, Peyton Pierce, Mike Hawkins, you get all those guys committed to OU early, might be tough for Kenyon Kelly not to follow. So, I I wouldn't expect Kelly to be one of the first through the wall, but he's real tight with a lot of those guys. He plays seven-on-seven seven ball with Zadavian Sims and Eric McCarty. Uh, so, there's going to be some pro-OU sentiment from the Kenyon Kelly show. I hear more and more great stuff about Eric McCarty. Like, this kid he's is a really good still underrated. And he's got fabulous hair, too. Yeah, he does. I wonder how long it's been since he cut his hair. Uh, Kenny from the 405 asks, anyone not committed, you think OU can pull in for the 23 class? Uh, yes. Peyton Bowen. Mm-hmm. DJ Hicks. I, both, I guess both of those guys are technically committed. Cade McDonald. Cade McDonald to Celia Kana. Um, the safety conversation just gets more and more. Yeah, what happened to that hussy? Uh, things had kind of gone dead with Conrad Hussey. You've Conrad Hussey. You've seen more offers go out. Sedarian Harrison, a recent offer at that position for OU. Of course, the last time OU had a guy named Sedarian on campus, he turned out pretty good. C.D. Lamb, yeah. Yep. Uh, but you have Brandon Hillman offered, Tyler Scott offered, Khalil Barnes offered. It now becomes a question of who visits and who doesn't. Because who takes the opportunity to visit – will probably tell you a lot about who that last take at safety is going to be. Because I, I still do think Peyton Bowen ends up in the class for Oklahoma. How I think, many do you think Oklahoma would take uh, scholarship-wise? Uh, 20, 27? Would that be the 27 final number? would have been the number that I was going to go with. If it's 
plus one, minus one, that's okay. You'll take 26. You can probably deal with 28. But 27 is probably a good neighborhood number right now. What would you put the over and under at the number of uh, portal people coming through to Oklahoma this year? The portal people, the portal people. I think that is going to be wholly dependent on how many leave. And I do not know how many that's going to be yet. I think as things stand, you can expect at least five portal additions for Oklahoma this offseason. At least five. Beyond that, it depends on who bounces. I think the portal thing, again, should be like old Star Trek. They just appear like, (laughs) you know, that sound, and they're just here. Hey, you know, they've got their old uniform on, and then you present them with the new uniform, that kind of deal. But I don't know. I would say maybe the over and under should be set at like eight or so. You like that number, or should it be higher? You said at least five. Eight's probably a a good over What did they get last year, 13? 13 in the portal. Um, And I just completely lost my train of thought. I was going to reference an earlier question. Oh, somebody! it was somebody asked who Oklahoma might look at in the portal at the tight end position. And I don't know. I don't know how you could know right now because you're not going to know who's available in the portal at tight end until December. So because of the new regulations surrounding the transfer portal, I'm not going to be able to give you a name or a set of names at least until December. Uh, To answer another question that was on the text line, no, Daniel Parker cannot come back next year. Uh, He is done. He's aged out, as has Braden Willis. So you're going to be bringing back Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn at that position. You'll be bringing in Cade McIntyre, and then the Sooners will look to the portal for an experienced addition at tight end as well, much like Parker was this past year for them. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, it is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Uh, my buddy, I haven't heard from him in a while, but he's obviously listening. I didn't call them cheap skates. I called them cheap. Boop. Starts with a B, ends in it with an S. He's still telling the people cheap to go buffoons. get a buffoons. Re- yes, cheap buffoons. He is telling the people, go get a recruiting service. Uh, We're fine with them asking questions. We are fine. All right, break time right here. Let's talk a little bit about OU-Iowa State when we get back. What's the week look like? You know that Oklahoma State-Kansas State game is huge coming up this weekend. Tiebreaker situation, both teams 3-1. and TCU has the inside track. They're in the fast lane towards Arlington, the Cowboys, and K-State. They both need this victory this weekend. What's the K-State quarterback situation? We'll talk about that and more and some other big games coming up. Stay with us here on The Ref. We are back. One final segment locked in coming up at the top of the hour with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Riverwind Casino, you guys know about the Outdoor Beats and Bites shows. They've been very popular, very successful. 
Very much enjoyed by everybody outdoors at Riverwind. Normally a summer deal. But we have a Bedlam Beats and Bites show coming up for you. Friday night, November 18th, the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Tickets are $5 at the box office and at Riverwind.com. So you can get them at the casino or get them online at Riverwind.com. That'll be a heck of a show presented by Phillips 66. Incredible food trucks out there. If you've never been to Beats and Bites, you can bring your folding chairs. It's a kid-friendly environment. Great food, great activities out there, and some great music. Friday night, November 18th. That is going to be a great time at Bedlam Beats and Bites at Riverwind Casino. Another reason why Riverwind, of course, is simply the best. Nobody else, nobody else in their zip code, in their ballpark, when it comes to the best casino experience in the metro area. All right, uh, what do you think National Football League right now? Clearly, I think there are three teams that stand out. The Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you can talk about, you know, the uh, the Giants are 6-1, and one, uh, the Vikings are 5-1, and one, but, you know, that's Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. Are we looking at Jalen Hurts against the Dallas Cowboys for the uh, NFC Championship? And I, I, I still think we're clearly looking at Buffalo, Kansas City in the AFC Championship. But what do you, what do you, you think about the NFC? You'd be real surprised if it wasn't Buffalo and Kansas City again yeah, in the AFC absolutely. title game, wouldn't you? Yes. I mean, both those teams seem to be head and shoulders. But the NFC the is the crazy. NFC is. Because here's the thing. Yeah, Philly's start has been impressive. Do you buy that they're clearly the best team in the NFC, though? Because I'm not there yet. Again, credit to them. Jalen Hurts has been spectacular. Yeah. But um, I don't know if there's as much separation there between them and the rest of the NFC as there is in the AFC between the Chiefs and Bills and everybody else. Yeah. Well, I I think they're pretty good, man. I think they're pretty good. Um, they, they're obviously the, the only undefeated team left in the NFL right now, but Dallas with Dak back, and I know Cooper Rush did some things, obviously. Dallas looked a little bit rusty with him at quarterback last week, and it was the Lions, but they're 5-2. and two, But um, what Super Bowl would you like to see? Would you like to see – what about and your boy uh, Tom Brady? They're three and four. They got beat by Carolina. Yeah, I mean that. That's Imagine crazy. being Tom Brady. You just basically sacrificed your entire family. Yes, in order to come back and lose to PJ Walker. And I mean the Panthers just traded Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. They're two best offensive players too. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it really doesn't. And then of course, you know, are we looking at the end of the road for uh, Green Bay and uh, Tampa Bay? Uh, with their quarterbacks, with, a, with Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady has that multi-million dollar deal with Fox waiting for him. But, man, the Brady bunch. That looks I, like I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers, man, because it's tough to imagine him in any other uniform other than a Green Bay uniform. I don't feel bad but, for Aaron Rodgers, though, because he's a whiner. And I love Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. But I just thing, think, I think like, he's a whiner. Aaron Rodgers, for my money, and I, I – I'm coming around on guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, the new cream of the crop when it comes to quarterbacks across the league. But I've never witnessed a quarterback that can throw the ball, that can take over a game, that can command an offense like Aaron Rodgers. He's so accurate. Yeah, no doubt. And I don't know, the guy just got more weird with every year. Yeah. You know, I mean, it seems like. And look, each done. their own. But to me, there's a little bit too much whininess there. And 
all the stuff with the vaccine, and it's, he's just way out there. He's broken so many hearts, too. Olivia Munn, <laughs> Shailene Woodley, Danica Patrick. Oh, Who am I leaving gosh. out? There's another it's, it's, one in there. It's John Mayer-esque, what isn't it? Birth of the Earth, or whoever he's with now, the witch. <laughs> oh, Blue? blue bur- I, birth of the Earth sounds better. <laughs> blue of the Earth. Blue of Earth, Birth yeah. of the Earth. I'll tell you what, she's uh, over there in Valley Ridge or wherever them strip joints are. I made a mistake there. That's Bertha of the Earth. And believe me, she carries a lot of Earth with her, if you know what I mean. Got to wonder how much peyote and ayahuasca is coursing <laughs> through Aaron Rodgers' system at this point in time and how much that's affecting his mental state. Oh, man. He, he has been kind of off the rails in that regard Dude, the last couple of years. he should be like back at uh, Hayden Ashbury back in the sexual revolution, you know, 60s days. That's where he's hanging out now in his mind anyway. Birth of the Earth. That is a... Which that you don't want to meet. One listener says, Karen Rogers, let's get it right, boys. Is that is that the witch, or has he moved on from the witch? Or is the witch's real name Karen Rogers? Oh, okay, now I see what I, you're doing there. I, I took I my old brain say. a minute. I thought that was like the real witches now. Okay, I get it. <laughs> old man brain, you know, I got dial-up internet up here in this brain. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's pretty uh, good. I, was like, I was like, where's he going with this? I where's he going? Yeah, I... I it takes me a while. Just wait. Your dial-up is coming. You get about 30 years before beep, boop, boop, that connection. See, you're so young, you don't even remember that connection. You never heard that sound. Yeah, no, I did not. That was That's one of the true. most exciting sounds uh, on the planet when you got connected, you know, and it took like five minutes to finally get hooked up. Okay, we got to get out of here. If Bertha of the Earth, if there is a Bertha of the Earth out there, I apologize to having you connected to Aaron Rodgers. It was blue of the earth, yeah. It's only going to get worse from here, folks. I hate to tell you. All right. Thank you to our friends at Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. And a thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group at Paul's Valley. Exit 72 right up I-35. Great deals on any kind of vehicle you're looking for. That great selection, the great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. We've got Locked In coming up next right here on the home of Sooner fans. The Rev, have a great Tuesday.